Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and you're listening to Faves, an upbeat talk show where the guest chooses the topic. And in this episode, that's manga. What is manga, you may be asking? It is essentially a style of Japanese comic book, usually black and white, no color, and usually read from right to left. I phoned up comic book expert Mike Rappin to come onto the show, and he chose My Hero Academia, Volume 1 which follows a young boy who does not have superpowers in a world where nearly everyone does. He wonders how he can possibly be a hero without them. Mike hosts the I Read Comic Books podcast, and I was excited to get inside his head as I read this for the first time. We talked about him getting into comics, as well as not getting burned out on them, doing a weekly show for several years. Enjoy! Little known fact, we went to the ballet together. Oh, yeah. I think you're one of the few people I could ever say that out loud about. I know. I think you are one of the four people I can say that about. Like, (laughs) it was, yeah, it was me and you and my, uh, your wife, my fiance, and my friend Tia. He was, you know, big, big friend of the show, I guess. And yeah, that was, that was an experience, which is funny because I listened to the episode that you guys talked about, like watching that other, like, play, and I was like, well, I didn't get any of that Mm -hmm. out of the show we went to. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get anything either. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what I don't know what I was supposed to get out of that. That was like an insane experience. Like I don't mind going to a nice big huge fancy New York historian building and like that's mm-hmm. cool. But um what I was supposed to take away from that, I'm not really sure. Me like neither. no offense to Tia cuz I I was it was very nice of her to invite us all out cuz that was like super a lot of fun to just go out and hang out with people, but um it was I, a different show. It was it just like, was. you know, 30 dancers on the stage at <laughs> yeah. one time there's no set pieces it was like improv but ballet but yeah, yet it was, was scripted yeah. but still uh it's still amazing i think my one one takeaway that i remember was my wife got a glass of champagne it was like 70 dollars or something like no that way. it was something crazy expensive where she looked at me afterwards she's like i think i'm only getting one glass <laughs> <laughs> i think i was gonna buy some candy because yeah, they had you know, champagne and candy it was like, like the weirdest Sour Patch combo. Kids, and i was yeah. like oh that's 12 dollars and i think i just was like i can i'm <laughs> no, fine thank you. yeah no, no thanks. thank you uh what was your first manga do you remember what your first manga was i think now i got it now i, have to, I, I seriously have to think about it because no, no, no. I can safely say the, yeah, the first manga that I actually sat down to read was Bleach, like, volume 60-something. Mm-hmm. Like, because I I was watching the show for the longest time. Like, I was watching the anime for, for forever, and then I couldn't deal with the amount of time that things were taking. And so, I started... I picked up like volume 64, and I was like, wait, what the hell's oh going God. on? So, I went back all the way to the beginning and read bleach from one to 72 which was out and then i finished it up when it ended a couple volumes later and then but at that point i was super into reading bleach so i started reading other manga to read something that wasn't just Mm -hmm. dudes staring and then fighting and then staring and then fighting (laughs) yelling um so i picked up this series by the same guy that created the series death note um or i should say the pair that created the series death note which is like really popular manga really popular anime and it's called um, Bakuman with mm. a little zero at the end. I don't know why. Yeah. But Bakuman like s- subset zero. And it's all about these teenage kids who started, they're like, we're we're big into manga. We want to be manga 
artists and writers and whatever. And so one guy can draw, the other guy knows how to write like a really good story. And it, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because they're, they're creating like these fake little stories that are supposed to be super great, but they're stories within the story. So you get to learn about how the manga process through an actual manga about people that are trying to make it in the manga business. And that book basically set me on a skyrocket to try every manga I could ever think of because I don't know what it was, but something about that book and learning about the creative process tell, coming from the you know perspective of two manga creators telling a story about how they create manga or how manga is created was super, super interesting and got mm-hmm. me really into the process. And so whenever someone is like stumbling into manga, I'm like, oh, you know, did you know that this is how they actually make manga? Because <laughs> I'm that guy sometimes. You push up your glasses and lean in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, me. it's, it's really interesting because knowing the creative process behind how comics are made and then hearing about how manga is made, it's like totally different universes. Mm-hmm. Like from how they go to pitch ideas, how they create the story itself, how they go to their editors and work with editors. And I mean, and this is just the like professional league of manga. I'm sure there's a whole different world of, you know, indie manga and zines and stuff in Japan. But um, yeah, Bakuman was the book that really, really got me into it. And now I'm like willing to pretty much try anything for a volume to and just taste it. In Japan, reading manga is just like reading the newspaper over there. Yeah. It's just like totally normal I think, everyday anything. <laughs> I think that might be an exaggeration. I feel like the folks that we talk to about manga definitely exaggerate. Now, it's they not give, like every, They give them out. Yeah. The yeah. Like, here's your daily manga, sir. <laughs> yeah. You wake up in the morning, you have manga and you read the specific serial manga. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And then you get on the bus, you read the bus manga. That's how work, it happens. Work manga. That's what I've been told. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when did you, when did you first start reading uh, just regular comic books? Regular comics. I was 16, I think. Wow. I wasn't actually really into comics when I was younger, like a lot of people. Um, I, I, I remember I watched... The X-Men TV show. I remember I used to want to be Gambit when I was a kid. And so I've always had like this, oh, he's really cool. He throws cards. And that mm-hmm. was the thing that like got me. I didn't care about the powers or yeah. Rogue or His anything accent. else. It was just like he threw cards and that was really cool. I loved his costume too. Oh, yeah. It was all, I mean, the car- the cartoon costume was like, it was a mess and a half, but it was so mysterious. Mm-hmm. The thing about uh, manga, I was thinking... I, I've been reading since comic books since I was like eight years old, and mm-hmm. I think I only really read my first manga maybe when I read Akira a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. That's and good, man. I, it was just such a weird, like, I don't know if it's just a lot of people that are like me that started when they were eight and they just don't care, but I I couldn't be forced to read a manga for the longest time like i don't know what it is it's black and white i don't get it i gotta read a different direction i gotta read a different direction um and now i don't know what it is but i I have to think there are other people like me but Mm -hmm. once you read the first one you're like okay this is kind of cool it's you know there's a ton of stuff in here it's kind of cheaper for what i'm buying like you have the my hero academia yeah, I picked uh, up the volume today just because we were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, I forget because I read on digital for most, most of the time, but then you get like the manga, like I have the Pluto. Have you read Pluto? Oh, yeah. I bought, I read the first volume of Pluto, digital, or no, you can't even read it digitally. I, can't. I got oh, it yeah. from the library and I was like, 
can't read this anymore. I have to buy it. Yeah. It's so good. Exactly. And I think that's actually going to be a future episode with another guest. But cool. that's like my number three favorite comic book of all time. Oh, really? It, I, I loved it so much when I oh, read man, it. Oh, man. That's but awesome. Once you, yeah. Once you start, it's it's like, you know, maybe this stuff is pretty good. Like mm-hmm. Delicious in Dungeon. Is that what it's called? Oh, my God. You yes. talked about that on the most recent episode of the show that came yeah, out this Delicious morning. Yeah, Delicious in Dungeon. Oh, man. That was a topic for the at my job where someone suggested we do a, uh, this is our book club topic. Mm-hmm. And pretty much just this like a uh, dungeon crew of of like how would you describe the group like a uh, they're like a D and D party yeah they're a D and D party they're stuck in this dungeon and the only way for them to survive is kill these monsters and then cook them and eat them yeah because they don't have enough money to buy food before they yeah go. And, I never would have thought of that and, the, and not not just that but like the the one guy in their crew is making the meal and he's describing the ingredients he's describing how to cook it there's mm-hmm. a full page drawing of the meal being prepared and prepared and the ingredients and i was like what am i reading and why is this so good it's like (laughs) such a strange experience reading a manga and i sound like such an old old person saying that but once you start it i know plenty of my friends have told have told me to read my hero academia one punch man and i'm just like "Eh, whatever and so now i finally did and it's really freaking good Dude, okay good i'm I'm glad you liked it because yeah. my big pitch on this is like it's x-men but it's manga so mm. you got to think there's going to be competitions but it, it still has a lot of the things that draw me to, to like x-men on like a superficial level right where it's like what's the cool new power of this mutant that just showed up this week and that's like the beginning of my mm-hmm. hero academia and but then it's it's there's so much more to it like there's this the main character deku or midoriya however you would whatever you want to call him you know he's got this massive underdog story which is pretty much how you know you think your naruto's your bleach your dragon ball z to a certain extent um that's how they all start where it's like i'm this person and this world is like this but i'm slightly different in the world and then they have to make their way up and you know meanwhile he's sitting there because he doesn't have a power and blah 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 i'm not doing justice to explain this book but right um, the gist is it's present day but everyone has superpowers yeah. And they're called quirks. And this one kid <laughs> idolizes the, you know, superheroes as they battle, quote, villains mm-hmm. in this world. And he's getting older, but he hasn't displayed the fact that he has a quirk. And that's the problem with him. He grows up and is told that he's he's not going to have one. He has like this, you know, thing with his body, uh, like an extra joint in his pinky toe. And he's like, oh, the doctor's <laughs> like, well, when you have an extra oh, joint yeah. in your pinky toe, you don't get powers. Right. So right. it's this kind of depressing thing where he loves it. He wants to succeed and he's bullied and he doesn't have powers. But, and that's the gist of the story. Um, but I loved it. I mean, there was some deep stuff in it. Like yeah. the part, there's a scene at the beginning where... The doc, the doctor is relaying the information to this kid, uh, the kid's mom, that mm-hmm. he doesn't have powers, and he's watching like a video or something, and he like turns around with tears, and he's like, "This is what I want to be when I oh grow my up." Gosh. <laughs> and it's like this over the top crying drawing, oh, yeah. obviously. And the mother, he's retelling the story, and the mother is like holding him and apologizes to him. And there's a thread in this book where he's retelling the story. He's like, "Ah," and my mom came over and and consoled me, but. She didn't say what I sh- I wanted to hear at that time. Mm-hmm. And he's cut off and he's not able to reveal what he hopes she had said to him at that time. And later in the book, you reveal, uh, he reveals to the, to the reader that like at the time, I wish she would have told me, you know, that I can still be a hero mm-hmm. without powers. And I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, yeah, this is it's, amazing. It's this 14 year old kid, right? Yeah, it's deep. I mean, they really, they really push this idea of like, 
being a hero i mean I, it kind of reminds me of the new ultimate spider or sorry spider-man movie that just mm-hmm. came out right like anyone can wear the mask it doesn't matter if you have powers or not you can be the good person that does the right thing and that's like all might's character's whole thing is that i'm always gonna do right and you should always do right too even when he finds out that midori doesn't have like a quirk he's like oh you can always be a police officer that's actually respectable work which is hilarious because i think <laughs> if you if further on you read in this series that like police officers are kind of just like well we'll just wait for a hero to show right. up we don't have to do anything but i mean it's he's this ultimate super lawful good character um to put it in D &D terms and midoriya you know looks up to him but that's like the central crux of of midoriya's character he very much wants to be that superhero but he doesn't necessarily need a quirk and of course spoilers for this volume he gets a quirk um (laughs) through whatever means and uh but he still wants to be like that ultimate good character which is like his big driving force whether or not he had that we see even in the first issue or chapter of this that you know he doesn't have any powers and yet he's willing to risk his entire life to go save his buddy who hates him as far as we're concerned Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's kind of the central plot you see throughout the rest of the series yeah, as well the, the scene you described this guy is kind of like hassling him through school because mm-hmm. they're talking about going to this special school where not many people get a pl- uh, like accepted and this yeah, is where like yeah. they train to become a superhero for the government or whatever and he's like yeah i'm still gonna try and this kid just like keeps bullying him bullying him incessantly <laughs> we never really and you know it's funny because we never find out why they're like we used to be friends there's like flashbacks of them right together, is he helping but... him in the in the first page is that yeah. him i yeah. thought so sorry not to like, yeah they used to be old friends just, but yeah. now they're not so much anymore and this the, the kid the former friend that's been bullying him um he's a villain shows up and it's like this uh slime <laughs> creature who's like covering his yeah, body yeah. And it's actually really hard. There's one panel that's like really horrifying. You see the slime like overtaking his head and you can see his eyes just kind of like being mm-hmm. horrified, the kid. And so the lead uh, is horrified and he, everyone's standing around because All Might, the superhero, is like not around. And we can talk about it a little bit why. But he jumps to action anyway. He, yeah. There's this amazing double page spread of him running towards this villain and he does try to help and that's what kind of switches gears for the lead character superhero to like okay maybe i should help this kid mm-hmm. even though he doesn't have powers that that page was amazing like there's oh, yeah. just such um you know like action and and spont- spontaneity conveyed in the drawing that like you only really ever see in a manga oh yeah and what i mean if you look at the first chapter of this book like and you think back because I constantly am referencing this this Bakuman story, right? Where they this this manga about how you um, make manga, and I'm thinking, what a banger <laughs> of a first chapter! Yeah. To, like the amount of stuff that's conveyed in the first chapter. And if you read Weekly Shonen Jump, I've read a couple of issues. Um, all the first chapters are like this. They're mm-hmm. they've got so much cool shit in the first chapter that is just packed in there to make sure that you get hooked you've got enough of a world to like build off of and on top of it you're gonna see some of the most stupendous art because they've been working on this first chapter whoever the creator is or creators sometimes um for weeks and weeks and months to Mm -hmm. try to perfect it so that you the reader gets super into this and if you're going in with volume or excuse me chapter one you've probably already got four or five or six chapters ready for the next couple of weeks because Joshua or Viz or whoever's publishing it isn't going to necessarily pick it up unless you've got a couple in the bag. Mm. But that first chapter is always going to be longer. It's always going to be kick-ass. It's going to have a ton of beautiful double-page spreads. They're really going to push the medium to be like, hey, you really want to be on this book. Yeah. And like My Hero Academia, like like you said, plenty of, of spots where 
you can get super sucked into the art and you can see him kind of tweaking and playing with his style. And like, I read further into this and the opening of the volumes, one of them is like, I really love drawing hands is what the, the author is talking about. And if you read the volume, like with that in mind, you can see how much detail he's putting just into the hands. And you can see that being pushed beyond that as, mm. as the story goes on. Um, and his monsters are always unique. Like he's got a lot of unique things that make this book work um whatever his name is i've got the volume here i'm gonna just i'm just gonna say whatever his name is because i feel like i'm gonna butcher it i I'm, that's there's I there's but. a scene we talked about all might uh kind of taking him under his wing all might reveals to him but kind of by accident that he's like sickly sort of he like oh, he yeah. loses the ability to kind of project himself as this huge muscular figure and he's like mm-hmm. this sickly a gross looking person <laughs> constantly spitting up blood <laughs> yeah, that was the one of my notes there's several scenes where he like reverts back to sickly form he's just like <laughs> spitting blood out of his mouth yeah, in like yeah. this weird animated style just cracked me up um but there was a scene that i wrote down that actually like made me angry because he has this discussion with all might and he's like all might like can i be a hero without a quirk and after a bit all might says like no he's yeah. like no you can't be a hero without without a quirk yeah. and i was like f you dude <laughs> like, what are you saying to this poor kid who like yeah idolizes you and eventually after he sees uh the lead character kind of make that sacrifice he's like okay let me i you know i want to help you i have this handbook that could help you and also i'm going to transfer my powers to you because that's like (laughs) a thing that i do and it's been passed down so that's how he gets a quirk and he eventually goes to that school. He goes to the school to like yeah. train and stuff. Can I can I just yeah, stop you yeah. really quick? Because one of the goofiest jokes I've ever seen around My Hero Academia is how All Might gives Deku the the, the powers. The power. He's like, eat this piece of hair. Yeah, it was so gross. <laughs> there's a there's a YouTube video. Uh, this guy's name is Jelly Apocalypse. Is like his YouTube handle. He makes these. So this is basically videos where he just does an animated sum up of anime and TV shows and all sorts of stuff. Mostly cartoons. He's mm-hmm. like an animator and stuff. Um, and his moment about My Hero Academia, where it's basically All Might pushing hair into Deku's mouth, is like, <laughs> "Here, kid, you can get some power." That's all I can think of. Even I've read this volume like four or five uh-huh. times, and that's all I can think of now. Um, but yeah, I can't. I can't even think. Of, I, I, yeah, I can't even think of anything besides just how gross All Might looks when he's not yes. like muscular. It's just the way he's designed. His neck is for some reason yeah. ten <laughs> stories tall. He, he doesn't look human. Oh yeah, far from it. Uh, and the funny part too, also about him asking him to like eat the hair. He's like, you can't have the powers until you ju- digest the hair. And like he, so like there's one he's part like, in the school where he's like trying to use his powers. He's like, and it's not time yet. Yeah, and digested it. It's very meticulous. Like yeah. he, like I don't know what this guy's doing with the story here, but he does that a lot throughout the whole book, where he almost tries to lean on science as if we aren't reading a book about people with superpowers. Mm-hmm. Like one of the characters literally has engines in his legs, but we're gonna get into the like, oh, I haven't metabolized the hair yet. Like, yeah, pick a lane dude <laughs> <laughs> oh the page the page where he helps uh the page where he goes to help for the first time mm-hmm. it's amazing um oh when he at the school he encounters kind of like um you have to display something where you have powers really well or like destroy these fake villains and you get points that's yeah. how the school yeah. works and if you have zero points you pretty much are out of the school immediately so the first uh test he isn't able to use his powers yet. It hasn't metabolized he them, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. And, but he does try to save this other student from getting like murdered. Mm-hmm. 
And in, so he, that, that happens. He's in another scenario where he shows his heroism and he doesn't get the one note that cracked me up. He doesn't get points from that right away. It's like, Oh, you're yeah, out. Oh yeah. And then late, like a couple <laughs> of pages later, all might is like, Oh, but you saved the girl. I found a clause where like you get rescue points. You're back in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking about like, what kind of hero school is this where you, that's not yeah. just done by default. Oh yeah. Oh, and then yeah. like, this is a loophole that someone had to yeah. discover. It's, it's very like Harry Potter esque in some yes. like weird yeah, things. Exactly right. Where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, but by the way, Harry, I'm a hundred points because I like you kid. Like yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and then like all of a sudden everyone now has rescue oh, points. Good. Okay. Good. I, too. I didn't realize that the first time I read it, I thought only Deku got him. And I was like, but this is super bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah, like, there, a, there was, was a, a chart and like other people had rescue points where yeah. I was like, why weren't you doing this in the first place? You lasers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has that homeroom teacher that eraser head, eraser head. Oh, great he's name. My, he's my favorite. He can shut off people's quirks. So all might was like kind of worried that he was going to stick it to the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a little bit. They have like this weird test where it's, it's like a baseball, like how far can you throw this baseball? Yeah. And he's got this like radar machine where he can see like, Oh, that went 750 feet or whatever. <laughs> and the one girl throws it and it just like pulls back the infinity symbol. Right. Oh yeah. Cause she can control <laughs> gravity. So she just threw it into, into space. Yeah. I guess. And yeah. Uh, it comes to the kid's turn and he, it's like a dud. It like, went five feet mm-hmm. and eraser head reveals he's like haha i have turned off your quirk like you're nothing without <laughs> it like you're oh, yeah. you're a failure but i'm going to give you another chance with your powers mm-hmm. it was like this weird turn that i was like what the hell just happened yeah yeah and so finally the kid something that has like troubled the kid he hasn't been able to focus his powers when he uses it it like drains him so he focused his all of his powers just in his like fingertip <laughs> so that allowed him yeah. to throw it far and eraser head is like ah oh, this kid's got yeah, oh, but he also broke his finger by doing that, but we won't, you know. <laughs> uh, it was so, there's a lot of funny parts like that. Yeah. Um, it's and like the, 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 the woman who heals him. Oh, yeah. The, like, nurse girl or something like that. She's the old like, lady. It's almost as if you just got your quirk. And, like, yes, stop exactly. saying that. Like, that literally is what happened. Yeah, keep that secret. Yeah. And uh, eventually the book draws to a close. All Might comes in and is, a, is actually going to be a teacher for another lesson. And they all get costumes, these kids. And oh, the book ends kind of as he's coming out and showing his costume. And that's the end of the volume. So it was a very exciting end to the book. Is it like a, a really good cliffhanger? It's the coolest two page spread I've in like, I don't know. It's so ramped up out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, by the way, we got to give you heroes or give you costumes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, the first time I read this, I was like, oh, we're just advancing to stage three. Like we, right we skipped bat. over something. We just did preliminary trials. Um, but yeah, I, I was reading this in digital last night or the other night when I was like catching up on this and I remember that two page, but I was like, oh, things get really cool after this. Cause mm-hmm. I'm in my head. I couldn't remember when things start to ramp up in like the following volumes. Cause I know nothing like serious quote unquote happens until they get their costumes. And I totally forgot that it was at the end of volume one because this book just keeps like ramping up the mm-hmm. pace um except for there's a couple volumes where it's just like oh by the way we're gonna decorate rooms that's literally like two and a half chapters of them just <laughs> decorating rooms uh but yeah it's it's that was it's a really great ending like yeah, this great. book really hooks you right at the end great manga this is also an anime right i think yeah oh, if you want to talk about some weird scenes like everything that you thought was weird in the manga is only made worse in the actual anime because mm-hmm. like all might spitting blood is just there's just red oh, all geez. over uh, like all the monsters are kind of crazy i mean they 
you know, mountain lady here on the back. He's just standing My in a word, beautiful pose. Um, it's worse in the anime because it's they need frames and they need to show things off. And what an odd choice for let's put this piece of art in the on the uh, back oh, yeah. of the comic book. <laughs> well, what's really funny about this book is. I feel like that's kind of a trope of of manga and anime, mm-hmm. especially the shonen stuff like My Hero Academia that's aimed at a younger audience like 13 to 18. They they really push like weird kind of sexual things. Like they'll show a lot more cleavage. They'll show like photos like mountain lady standing kind of just posing yeah, right on the yeah, back. It's like she's letting out a fart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's supposed to be sexy. And I don't know, maybe. Um so, you see that kind of in the beginning, I think, couple of volumes of My Hair Academia where you've got, like, there's, like, cleavage and, like, there's one character whose whole thing is, uh, you meet her briefly in this volume, but in future volumes, like, she can basically create anything, but she has to pull it off of her skin, right? So, it in order to create bigger things, she has to expose more of her skin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. put it together. So, you know, later... In later volumes, there's a scene where she's like helping somebody do something else. And she's like, we need you to manifest this big, huge thing. And so, she like pulls open her coat and it's just her in a bra. And it's like, oh my gosh, come on. Um, but that, that kind of stuff, I think, goes away in later volumes because I think the fan base was like, hey, dude, you don't need to do that. You hooked us on everything else about this book. So, the really perverted character, I don't know if he was very perverse in the first volume, the grape head kid who's no, got like, okay... He be, he's kind of an annoyance later in the, in the series. Um, he kind of goes away. But what I'm getting at is like, I think the story of My Hero Academia actually really hooked people and they didn't need to res- resort to these gimmicks and stuff that kind of plague early manga, um, especially when there's not a lot of story. Like you see that in pretty much any big manga, you'll notice that. I mean, One Piece has been going on for forever and the guy still does it. But at this point, it's kind of a, a hallmark of the series. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think in My Hero Academia, it starts to wane because the audience is people like you and me who are like, I don't need that dude. You hooked me with this really cool story. And there's all sorts of like really cool villains and things like that, that you're bringing to the story that I don't need anything else. Just mm-hmm. keep giving me the good book. Um, Cause it's not like cleavage is easier to draw than a guy in an, you know, or a woman in like a really cool outfit. Right. Isn't there uh, so, that reminds me of battle angel Lita. Isn't there like, wasn't there like a oh, X rated, <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't know. I have lesbians, no idea. I think. I don't know. I, I, we I don't uh, want to know. <laughs> let's just say there's two different versions of Battle Angel Lita. Okay. Uh, and the original version and the the current modern day version. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'll probably uh, keep reading. There's 16 volumes, and this book is at like full steam. I think he's. They're just kicking it off. Like Viz and Sheshua over in Japan, who publishes it. I think they're. This is like their flagship book now. Oh really? Uh, next to One Piece, and I think Boruto. I think is their secondary How one. How long in between like collected works is it usually for stuff like this? Um, to get the English translation, it kind of depends on the publisher. Uh, for Viz, they're usually pretty good. So, they'll do about two months behind the Japanese publish date. So, and they come out every, so like, I think they come out every two months, three months. Um, because it's usually, I think, six to nine, six to ten um, chapters. They're like 18 pages each. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, to create a whole volume. So, it's usually somewhere between 8 and 12 chapters per volume, depending on an arc, because they do try to tie it to, like, arc conclusions. Somebody was telling me that the Battle Angel Alita volumes, for some reason, like, the first volume, and it's not just comicsology or whatever, it's in general, ends on the second to last chapter of an arc. And so, when you finish the volume, you're like, whoa, 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 how can that be the yeah, end? it's weird. But My Hero Academia is like, they come out every three months or so, 
And I mean, they're pretty well priced. Like this volume costs 10 bucks. Like steal. that's a super steal for the amount yeah. of content you're getting. Manga is the cheapest way to consume it. And I mean, you got to get around the, oh, I got to read right to left. I got to deal with this <laughs> other stuff. But there are, you know, books like Pluto, for instance, that mm-hmm. doesn't have any of the gimmicks I was talking about. It's just a solid story. And Naoki Urasawa, who does those books, he's impeccable. Like his art is some of the best art yeah. you'll see in Japanese manga. And that's a that's an adult oriented book you don't get the the weirdness you just get solid solid breathtaking story that will destroy you mm-hmm. from the beginning you know um you talked about not having gimmicks one of my favorite i think manga gimmicks is getting people to head to half double design not your granny's crochet scarves gloves blankets princess wigs you name it amanda not only can do it all but she's waiting to hear from you and you won't regret it. Halfdoubledesign.com. And that's like, you know, that's a whole other side of, of manga because we're mostly looking at the most popular stuff and the most stuff that I've been talking about is, you know, your shonen stuff. It's aimed at younger kids, but, you know, there's romance ma- manga that's oh, aimed yeah. at like other people and there's there's comics that are or manga that's aimed at like younger girls and it's a totally different direction how those stories are written and older women, older men. It blows like my I, mind. Like I said, they just hand it out at subways. Yeah. Just, here's your copy of, <laughs> yeah. you know, Young Adult. Yeah, exactly. Here's your copy of My Hero. Yeah. That's how, that's how it works over there. Well, dude, I mean, like, the thing about that blows my mind about manga, and it's a cultural thing, and I realize it sounds so great on paper, but it doesn't actually work here in the US, is, you know, you can buy a a weekly Shonen Jump physical book for like 99 cents, you know, like over there. And you can buy it digitally here mm-hmm. from them, from Comixology, from a couple different places. It's a buck every week and you get access to up to 15 comics per issue. And now Shonen just put, or excuse me, uh, yeah, Shonen Jump just put out that thing. Their where new service. Yeah, it's two bucks a month for access to every backlog chapter they've ever published in English for the most part and every weekly Shonen Jump comes to you for two bucks a month. That's crazy. I've been reading I've been reading a lot of stuff. I just want to say that. (laughs) I've been that was an easy subscribe. You host uh, the I Read Comics podcast. Yeah. You have several episodes that come out on you do minisodes, you do Patreon, you have a zine, you did a car- Kickstarter. Uh, how do you not get burned out on comic books? Oh boy. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know if we if we recorded it or not. When I was saying that thing about how I almost stopped reading new comics, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, it's I I do a little bit. It's it's weird because. I feel like I'm not reading enough sometimes. Blech. I like in, and that's like a I'm really like weird thing to say. Right now. I, when when you say all that out loud, it makes me think, oh wow, I've actually we've actually done a lot of stuff with the show. Um, for me, I'm always like, we're not doing enough. Why aren't we doing more? <laughs> I'm like, we're every, every and I have to remind myself like there's like a devil mic and uh-huh. there's an angel mic and the devil is why aren't we doing more and the angel is but Mike, everyone's doing this for free. Settle down. Yeah. Like no yeah. one is paying getting paid for this. Um, yeah, we, I don't know, it's, I have like a regiment in my head where it's like, I need to read at least a certain amount of comics every week, not just, not like because I need to, but I, I have enough comics where I'm, that I'm pulling books that I'm interested, books that I'm, I'm literally excited for, it's because it's not just got to read comics for the show, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm genuinely excited for the next issue of Uncanny X-Men, I, mean, I roll my eyes at that one, because that's absolutely not a hundred percent true right now, but uh, like Sleepless, for instance, that book is like my top tier 
comic right now. Mm. Sleepless is super fantastic fantasy story about it's a romance story about a woman whose dad dies and she was an she was the daughter of another queen it's is a whole thing and it's it's about a knight and how he's trying to save her i'm really bad at summaries i'm discovering today um but it's it's a fantastic book and that i'm like look forward to every single month Mm -hmm. so i'm like yes gotta read this i'm in the mentality of like the only way that good comics can survive and come out is if you the reader buy them and read them and tell your friends about them because we're still like in this position of where comics are this niche thing despite massive success mm-hmm. in the box office that we see of of these movies um it's still like it's apples and oranges in comparison so I make I make it it's like a thing that I put in my head years and years ago um before I even started the podcast where it was just like in order for these good comics that I really like to come out, I have to buy them and read them and talk to people about them, which which eventually spurned the comic or the podcast because what was happening, I'm going to just give you the origin yeah. story if you don't mind. I was running a site called Destroy the Cyborg for, I think I had been running it for like three or four years at that point. And so Destroy the Cyborg was a thing that I started in college where it was me and my friends just kind of writing movie reviews and comic reviews. And I, I mean, at one point I was putting out like seven comic reviews a week mm. and I was writing like two a day and then one and you know, everything. Mm. And uh, I, the more I found, I was like, I was hanging out with people. I was talking to them about comics, finding people that were remotely interested in comics and then getting them into comics by talking to them. And I was sitting at a bar with a friend, a guy that was writing for the site one day, and he's like, why don't you have a podcast? Every Everybody has a podcast. You should have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the reason why that's, 99% yeah. of people do podcasts. And uh, I was like, all right, well, whatever. We'll try it. We'll do one issue or one episode, I should say. And so, the what podcast... What was that? Do you remember? This was... So, the the, the podcast... Okay, I, I should say... I did have a podcast and then I canceled it. I did three episodes and I was like, whoa, this is too much work. And I canceled it. <laughs> Which I should, I want one of some of my notes is you don't edit your own podcast. You I have don't. A, someone else edits. That's, and so I was like editing it, coming up. So it was originally the podcast was me by myself, just doing like a radio show where I talked into a script, from, or excuse me, I read from a script and just talked I about like a thing. And so it started off about how I was mad about. I was mad about something Marvel did. Then I was mad about how distribution works and how uh-huh. previews is actually a sham. And then the next one was like an interview with my buddy Renee. And we talked about how I almost dropped Invincible, right? And this is at like issue 100, which was pretty monumental. I'd been reading it for 100 issues and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck this book. I'm not going to read it anymore. <laughs> I think like that was, it was significant for me because if I could talk about comics that were like a thing that I always had since I started reading comics, it was invincible what happened um, in that invincible issue uh so it was like invincible was no longer mark it was his buddy and i wasn't mad about his buddy it's just it felt like the story was very just dead 2003 came out 2003 yeah wait 2003 the the series started 2013 it says cover date okay yeah wow that doesn't feel like that long ago but it like because yeah. i'm looking at the cover and i'm like that was 2013 yeah dude my god this is probably it was maybe a little after 100 but the still. death of everyone god that feels like it was last year i right invincible i can't believe that it's gone it's killing <laughs> me dude um <laughs> but yeah so i i had my buddy renee on and then 
I canceled the show. I was like, I can't do this. It takes way too much time. <laughs> uh, and then I get to talking to my buddy again, about another friend of mine about this oh, at a bar. And he said, you got to have a podcast. And I was like, that's not a good reason. I was like, let me think about it. Um, so, like four or five years later, mm-hmm. <laughs> I text my friend Z- uh, Xander and I said, hey, dude, would you be interested in editing a podcast if I recorded it? He was like, he was at the time graduated from school. I don't need to tell Xander's life, but he was looking for audio work. He was looking mm-hmm. for just work in general to just do that kind of stuff to make a resume. And so I was like, cool, I'll do this thing. You edit it. It's going to be like win-win. Shouldn't take too long. Too long. So the question was, who's going to be on the show? So I just recruited some people that were already writing for this site for me. And they would just come over to my house into a basement and we would record. And we'd had so many audio issues, but and that's like the show became that people would come over to my house and then I moved to New York like five months after I started this podcast. Jeez. And so we were like, how are we going to do this? Luckily, turns out when you're not recording in person, it's much better for audio editing, especially if you're editing mm-hmm. multiple tracks. Like, I don't know how you edit this show, but if we've got individual tracks for each person's voice. So change the schedule up in from two people to three people. Stop doing news segments and then now we like we have this very strict schedule and or like formula about how we do the show, which I don't see it as a containment. I see that as like a way to create stability among mm. chaos. Oh, you have so, many how many guests, how many rotating hosts do you have now? So we have let me think. Because Kara, who's been on the show, is is also uh Yeah. It's like, we've got Kara Tia Renee, and I feel like if I count them off and forget someone, I'm going to feel really bad, but Kara, Tia, Renee, Brian, Kate, Kate, Paul, Nick. That's nine. nine. Yeah, wow. so nine. Do any of the people have kids? None of them have kids. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's the killer. <laughs> I've been waiting to loop it back to that about getting burned out for like oh, five yeah. minutes. I don't know how long that'll translate into yeah, the show, yeah. but when uh, we did Paper Keg uh, from the Paper Keg Radio Syndicate, that was what killed us, us having kids. Because well, we started Paper Keg like the same way you did uh, Destroy the Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Cyborg, we had like articles on there. Okay, okay. Um, and then we just like got burned out of that. And we're like, let's just do the show. And then Paper Keg, I mean, the progression of us having kids on the show, like announcing kids that are coming on mm-hmm. the show. And then like me getting way burned out on comics to the, to the point where we started just talking about movies for yeah. the last like yeah, 20 yeah. or so episodes. And then we just like kind of kiboshed it. Like we don't have time for this. <laughs> oh man. But you guys still get together and do that, right? We, Paper Keg of like occasionally has, we just did one because we were together for, I think Christmas. So yeah, we were that's like, what I mean, let's, yeah. let's hang out and record. And you know, we, I just see, I ever see a picture. Like I just remember seeing like an Instagram story or something, and mm-hmm. you were like, "We snuck away into a hotel room," and I was <laughs> that like, "That was New Year's." You what? <laughs> yeah, that was new last New Year's, twenty seventeen. Okay, okay. But we had like was... a party, and that was another thing. We went, we snuck into a second hotel room that we had, and we recorded <laughs> for forty minutes, and then we recorded the last Jedi episode, I think, in in my in Jonesy's truck. No way. And like we went out and had a wing night. So we, that's how we've done like the most recent episodes. But we're also <laughs> bringing back the Tom Cruise podcast on a monthly basis. Okay. We okay. did that one on Skype. But yeah, like, yeah, it's, it, it can get tough. I'm not yeah. saying it will happen to you, but that's no, no, no. I, I, a, I think we've been strangely fortunate. Like there was this moment when, when I started doing the podcast again, we brought it back at episode four, right? Because I was like, I'm going to keep the same title. I'm going to keep the same numbering. No one will ever hear those first three episodes ever again, right? But uh, 
I remember I made like a mental note and I said, if I'm going to do this, and I said this to my girlfriend at the time, this is my girlfriend who's now my fiance. And I was like, I'm going to do this thing and it is going to take up two to three hours every single Sunday. And I don't know if you realize what that means, but are you okay with that? She was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And like, it's gotten to the point where I've told my mom, I've told everybody, I'm like, Sundays from three to five, I'm not available. Don't call me. Don't text me. I won't pick up my phone. It's going to be off. I'm doing this thing. Um, and it it makes, if maybe it sounds militant. It sounds crazy. But I was like, the only way this thing can survive is if one person, me, the person who's running the show is consistent and is like available, ready to do things, ready to do like drop things to make sure that it happens. Um, and I mean, we moved the schedule around. It's not like it has to be on Sunday, but I tell everyone, hey, if you're going to be on the show, we have to do it from three to five. I don't care where you live, where, what time <laughs> it is there. Cause like it's early for Kara. It's like noon, mm-hmm. um, quote unquote early. Cause I'm yeah. getting up at noon on Sundays and then like going, okay, Kara I got rolls three hours. out of bed to record yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, that's been like my thing. I'm like, we're going to do it from this time. And we have guests on the show, like who aren't part of the crew. And I'm like, Hey, we only record from this time. Does that work? If not, TS, maybe, yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll move it around. But on, on the whole, I'm trying, I try to be very rigid, uh-huh. um, because I'm, I feel like that comes off as professional. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll know if you ever post on social media saying you you're burned out on comics then we're oh, yeah. in, we're in trouble oh, as man, a society if I'm, if I'm burned out on comics like the whole world is coming down around me like and something us. has to have gone cr- catastrophically wrong in my life i don't know there you go try some manga at your local library tell them faves sent you and that it was all because of mike rabin be sure to check out the ircb podcast ircbpodcast.com or search for the I Read Comic Books podcast on your app of choice in which you listen to podcasts and stuff. They have a Patreon, they have a zine, they have a Goodreads group, they have it all. I don't know how they do it. Don't forget, we are nearing the end of the season. I know, it happened so fast. It's coming up, which means there's a mailbag episode coming soon. That means my dear wife, Show favorite Amanda may return. Cien. So shoot an email to favespod at gmail.com with your thoughts on the season, your favorite episode, your least favorite episode. Don't do that. I mean, you can do that. I just won't read on the air, maybe. And uh, topics for the future pins and stickers will have gone out this past weekend to people that have reviewed the show on iTunes. But if you haven't yet, don't worry. You can do it right now. Shoot me a DM or email. Let me know you did it so I can get you your stuff. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.